I've really battled with myself internally on feeling behind. Like that's probably one of my biggest negative internal narratives is like, I'm behind, I'm behind, I'm not doing enough. I'm not going fast enough. Like constantly comparing, it can get really brutal. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Leslie Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world. And the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity. And it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. All right, loves. I got someone cool for you today. So first of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for being um, a listener of the show. Thank you for hitting subscribe and letting this download into your, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, It means the world. You have no idea. Like you actually have no idea that when you listen to the end, that matters. That when you download the podcast, it matters. That like when you share it with just one friend, like it matters and podcasts, any podcast that you love, that is how they grow. It is definitely um, a community effort. And so I just want to say thank you for being here um, and helping me make this dream come true. Uh, We have such incredible guests coming out with um, um, next that I am just, you know, it's so hard for me as someone who love instant gratification. And I also can't keep a secret. I mean, I can keep secrets, but like when it's like not going to hurt anyone and it's my own secret to tell, like I can't keep it. Uh, and so it's sometimes it's so hard for me to not like share with you guys, like all the amazing things that are coming out, but I can't wait for you to experience them and have their words in your ears. And today is one of those guests. Um, when I came across Janie Brown, I really enjoyed, um, how she talked about her journey, mental health. And like, she's so honest and authentic around the journey that it takes to go back to school and to put yourself in a space that's uncomfortable. And um, so we had a lovely conversation about what it was like to go on this journey to start something new. Um, And also like, get really clear on like, what is grounding? Like what, how fast should we be going? Like, what is the pace? How do you, how, like, how do you get it all done? And so, um, really honest conversation that you're going to have, uh, you're going to hear today and feel free to talk along with us. Um, and then let us know what resonates with you. Enjoy this lovely conversation with Janie Brown. Loves, it's here. OPC Summer Camp. You know that thing we started last year? Well, we're doing it again this year and we're making it bigger and better than ever because we have teachers from all over the world, which means all day long you can nerd out with me at Camp Zoom from the comfort of your own home in your favorite Pilates workout outfit without having to get bugs or dirt or weird camp food that's like some weird slot. No, you can have the amazing food in your own home. You can be whatever clothes you want to be in and you can join us all day long for whatever workouts and workshops you sign up for. In fact, you can even do a whole day pass and save the most money. In fact, up to 56% off if you buy the day pass. So go to opc.me slash events to see the full schedule and lineup of events. If you only have access to a mat, we've got plenty of stuff for you. We've got Reformer. We've got some happy hip Reformer with you. We've got so many amazing things. You can go to opc.me slash events to see the whole schedule, all 14 teachers, and all the goodness that's going to happen at Camp Zoom. And I'm your camp director. Woo! Hey, be it babe. All right, get ready for a really fun conversation. I think it's going to be anyways. Um, we haven't had it yet, but I'm predicting that to go that way. I really uh, love our guest when I came across her and what she's working on and the journey she's had. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is a be it story like in the making. We have to share it. So Janie Brown, will you tell everyone who you are and what you're up to these days? Yeah, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, I am a singer, performer, uh, coach, 
And I'm actually a student of psychology. So that's like the titles. <laughs> Who I am underneath all that is just a human trying to do the best they can. <laughs> yeah, I love it. You guys can't, unless you're watching on the YouTube channel, uh, her microphone says be brave. And I just like really love that it's like reminding me throughout this whole conversation. Um, so you have to be <laughs> it human. It reminds to me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's for me. Thank you so much, Janie Brown. Um, and you're like, it's actually for me, but thank you. Um, so- <laughs> no, it's for everyone, everyone, totos. <laughs> so Janie, um, you know, singer, like that's, uh, you know, being a performer, my husband uh, is a musician and like, that's a whole journey and being it till you see it. And then for you to then become a student of psychology, I would just want to know like what, what took you from one route to the next? Like how did that kind of come to be? It was a wild ride. Definitely you're right about that in terms of the musician path. So, I mean, very, very sort of concisely, I've been a performer all my life. And that was sort of first and foremost, my direction and path and passion. And then um, sort of in the, you know, halfway through my performance career, let's say, um, I got into wellness and, you know, that's been a whole other completely parallel career to my performance career. And then it just sort of got to a point where I realized that the only way for me to level up from where I was with two careers, um, sort of (laughs) ever evolving, obviously, but just sort of these two careers that were, um, you know, in, in sort of forward motion was to go to academia. It was was something I've never done Mm. and something I, I really didn't think I was capable of. And, um, yeah, jumping into that has just been just so insanely beneficial, um, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of. I think the, it's the, like I think it's interesting. Like is. I feel like anyone listening would be like, "Oh my god, I'd love to be back in school any day of the week." And <laughs> I would think it'd be like so much harder to be like, "I'm going to go sing and perform, and I'm going to be in the wellness industry." Like those are like <laughs> those are like the things that scare them the most. And <laughs> that's really a funny way to look at it. I've, I've never thought about it like that, but yeah, I mean, for sure, like academia was so not my comfort zone. It was terrifying to approach that again and like get back into it. It was so yeah, it definitely is reverse. If people are afraid to get on stage, like academia was my like stage fright or whatever. Yeah. So what did you do to like kind of get comfortable or are you still in that process? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I just forced myself like it, it, it's definitely easier now. It's not easy, but it's easier now than my first year. My first year was brutal. Like I just, I barely even wanted to do it. I just knew that I had to. Um, and now like I know the ropes and I'm sort of thinking like, okay, this has been fun. I wonder what a master's is like, you know, cause I know that that will be even more, you know, challenging and next level than, than sort of, you know, the, yeah. the regular sort of degree or whatever, but it, it really has just been a matter of force yourself. I I believe in tender love and self-compassion, but there is circumstances where tough love is needed and you do actually just have to force yourself through the fear. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I mean, like, I think also like the things that we're drawn to do, we're drawn to do them because there's something challenging about them. There is a little bit of uncertainty, like, oh, what is this going to be? And also like, you know, other people be bored, you know, it just gets so boring. Yeah. So obviously there's the forcing yourself to just get comfortable with it. But like, I actually wonder when you just mentioned like that tender love, like that care, like that self-care, what does that practice look like for you? Because I do think that that's actually, if that comes easier for you than like the tough love of going to academia, I feel like some people can can learn a lot about how you do that, how you have that practice in your life. Mm, that's such a that's such a great question. I would actually argue that tough love is way more natural for me than, than tender love. 
it's hard to put into words because I think that everyone has their own version of like what self-care looks like and what recovery looks like. Kind of the same thing with what self-love looks like. When it's tough love, it's sort of like ripping the Band-Aid off. Mm -hmm. And when it's tender love, like I use this metaphor where it's like if you were to get injured, the first initial kind of time of being injured and the wound is open, let's say, you really can't, you know, trudge on and force yourself to sort of like perform at the same level you were performing at because you're just going to keep bleeding and you're going to, you know, you're going to lose consciousness and you're actually just going to hurt yourself or make it even worse. So you have to kind of think about it like it's this sort of fresh wound. And what would you do with a fresh wound? You would like clean it and you'd sit there kind of in solitude and or with support and you'd kind of process it and you'd bandage it up and you'd you'd kind of be gentle with it and you'd stay away from you know using it and then eventually the wound is going to heal and if you keep the band-aid on for too long the skin is going to atrophy and rot and like you have to rip it off so i think knowing when to be tender and when to be tough is a personal thing, but they are both needed in terms of, you know, what, what makes you sort of the best version of yourself. Um, and the methods that you use to be tender or tough are also, I, I think really personal um, yeah. depending on what, yeah, someone's goals are. Yeah. That's such a, I love that. And that description that was like, really, I think anyone can take that away and then figure out how to put their own their own spin on what tender love looks like them. And I also do think it is true. Like, you know, I always call myself a recovering perfectionist and overachiever, but like when you're a perfectionist, you're like, okay, but like what, like what, how many minutes of tender love versus like how many minutes <laughs> of the tough love? Like how long are we going to be here? And I think it's like, right. you know, unfortunately y'all have to explore a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you have to be in touch with your intuition and your heart and your soul and sort of all of the the mushy gushy stuff and and the stuff that's not tangible um in order to know like when to pivot and when to yeah when to when to rest and when to give it your all and yeah sometimes resting is giving it your all you know <laughs> like yes okay so, like everyone hit rewind sometimes rest is giving it your all i agree because <laughs> it's like sometimes it's the thing that we need the most um yeah you know i find that you know a lot of people have a hard time going with their gut with their intuition because there's like it's hard to understand like there's the voice that's like imposter syndrome fear like like trying to keep you safe and then there's like that gut voice that's like no you should actually go that way that actually is a good, a good idea how did you get like was that something natural to you um what are have you been able to like articulate in ways that people can maybe try to understand when they're like actually paying attention to their gut they're listening to their intuition such a great question i i think the, the instinct that i mean yes it was natural for sure for me Walking the path of an artist and an entrepreneur, which I've done, you know, all my life has always been super reliant on like, what does it feel like, though? And I think a good place that people can start if they're looking to get more in touch with that, like we say things like our gut and we say things like our heart. But what I really actually think specifically it is, is our nervous system. Like, what does our nervous system make our body feel like? And that's a practice to get in touch with your body, to be grounded in your body and to know kind of what the difference is between, let's say, fear that's merited because you are sensing danger and just fear of something that could happen and it's actually not imminent and it really is this thing that you need to take a risk on. Mm. You know, there is a line there and it takes practice to get to know that. And in our society, we really value like intellectualizing 
chasing things and, you know, sort of overriding ourselves. And that can kind of take us further away from that quote unquote gut instinct or following your heart. But I think a good place to start is like, how can I personally get in touch with my body so that I can understand like neurologically you know, what my body is telling me and the wisdom of that. And that could be as simple as like starting to go to yoga and doing a, you know, a practice that's more introspective rather than like power yoga, where you're just kind of like kicking your own ass or whatever. Right. Back to the, back to the old routine, you know? Right. Right. I, um, I love that you brought up, uh, yoga as a great grounding practice. Like what are, what are some other grounding practices that you have found? I mean, right now in general, there's sort of this wave and movement of somatic-based practices like somatic coaches and therapists and things like that that I would definitely recommend people kind of looking into. But for me, it's it's funny because any movement-based practice really can be um, introspective as long as you're intentional. So like a run can be meditative, uh, you know, crushing it on the stairs or a leg day or whatever yoga, all of those things can be deeply, you know, somatic experience and introspective if you actually apply, you know, your mindfulness to it. Yeah. That's such a great point. Um, I've been hobby hunting and at the time we're recording this, um, today I'm going to go rock climbing for the second time. And like, it's not an actual real rock guy. So it's not actually the ground. Um, but like also like you're getting as far away from the ground, but there's something because you can only focus on like, where is my hand going? Can I reach that? Is my foot going to stay on this like little knob thing that I don't really feel safe on? Like, you know, (laughs) like you have, you can only go inward, you know? And so it doesn't actually, it can be things that are off the ground and not laying down and you could still ground it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I so agree with that. Bouldering is, is such a fun activity. And if you like climbing and you like being in the air, another thing that you might like, which is, this is kind of my version of bouldering is aerial silks. It's, it's dubbed as as dancing in the air. It's not aerial aerial yoga where there's this like contraption. It's two ribbons that hang from the ceiling and then you climb up them and you put yourself in different wraps and do different drops and different movements and poses and stuff. And it's, it's very physically challenging, but it's so like, it's like physically as equally physically challenging as it is sort of this, this experience of freedom and and just sort of expression. And I don't know, like if that's speaking to you, but it is, it is something I equate with bouldering just because of it's the back muscles and you're climbing and you're in the air and like full attention. Like, yeah. Yeah. You can't be distracted in those things. I think that those are important little practices to have, like something where you can actually like get lost in the, the, the practice versus like you're, you know, you can run and not be intentional and think about your day. You can also do all those totally. things. Um, some of these things you'll actually hurt yourself if you <laughs> are Absolutely. not. But like, um, but I think that that's, I think too often people are like, oh, I have to have like this yoga practice and they don't like yoga or they don't have access to yoga or just doesn't like light their fire. It's like, actually it can be anything. And you brought it, intent is like the key there. Yeah. Like academia drew you in. Why psychology? What was like the thing that was like, I'm going to go towards this as a ma- I could barely pick a major. So I'm just like always <laughs> intrigued when someone can actually make a decision. <laughs> well, I mean, it, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that you did yours much younger. And if that's the case, no wonder you couldn't pick a major. Like we're all just trying to figure it. I mean, we're trying to figure it out forever, but it's, you know, you might have a bit more clarity when you are an adult. So I definitely have compassion for that. For me, psych just seems like the natural thing because I was already 
as an extracurricular sort of, you know, pull. I was already studying things like trauma, like doing trauma certifications. Um, I was already studying psychology because I was in therapy. So I was getting to know my own psychology and, you know, uh, managing my own mental health challenges. And it just, it just made sense for me to kind of, and, and also to be honest, I didn't know what else I would do. It's like, I could do like performance arts, but I don't think I need a degree in that. You know what I mean? Like, let me, let me go outside the box here. So yeah, it, it just seemed, it just seemed to make sense based on, you know, my own like life path. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had a guest on here, um, recently, she's actually, um, an astrologer and a feng shui person, but she has a degree in psychology. So when you work with her, shout out to Kate Wind, uh, (laughs) when you work with her and she's like reading your chart or reading the cards, like it's actually with a degree of psychology behind it. So it's like, it's almost like going to therapy. It's like going to therapy, but with like some sort of like, like, here's why the stars are like this. And this is why you feel that way. (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I love that she's doing that because there is like, you know, a very strong rebuttal against like pseudoscience in the world of, you know, it's psychology is a science. So it's, it's, but it's, but you know, t- to me, it's only a pseudoscience until it's not like one, once upon a time, we didn't really believe in mindfulness and then it was studied extensively. And here we are, um, you know, it's yeah. completely scientific. You can get a degree in it now. at UCLA. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like I so I love that, you know, she has this scientific grounding and merit, but she's also like, yeah, but I'm going to explore this other thing that also seems to be, you know, intriguing. And there's something there because we all keep returning to it. So, yeah. So when people hear stories like yours, one of the things they probably always come back to is like, okay, I'm inspired. But like the time, like this is a whole shift in persona. It's a shift in your schedule. Um, What was that like to go from like, you know, wellness and music to like adding in like an actual degree. Like that's not, you know, that for students, that's a full-time job. So like, <laughs> right. what, 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 how did you create space in your life to, um, to do that? I mean, definitely I had to put a few things on, I don't want to say the back burner, but just like a little bit more in the background. Like, you know, I'm, I'm still performing. I've performed every single year of my life for 26 years and that I don't intend to stop, but you know, I'm not as, you know, for sure I wasn't as able to, to focus on gigs as consistently, consistently. And right now, um, you know, I'm, I'm finishing up my degree. I'm due to graduate this year. And I've had to kind of just scale back on pushing forward with different speaking gigs and, you know, all the things that I'm doing, coaching, even, um, building my business. It, it It's just slower. It's sort of like, if you're watering, if you're like a, a farmer and you have all these different rows of vegetables and you're, you know, if you're focused on one thing, you can water that lane like super quickly. But for me, it's sort of like, okay, I, I can take the first kind of five rows and like water, 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 and then like move to the next. I'm, I'm talking about rows and yeah. it's, it's confusing, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm, I'm kind of watering each plant, let's say in the five rows one at a time. And so I'm moving forward much, much slower because I'm taking on kind of all these things at once. Yeah. So that's kind of the only difference. It's like, you can make the time for as much as you, as many activities as you want. You'll just move slower in each of the lanes than you would if you were just focused on one. And I don't think one is worse than the other. I would, you know, love to just focus on one, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, I think like I love that. I I I could picture it with you. Um, mostly because I <laughs> I grew up in a farm area. <laughs> but <That's> um, awesome. <laughs> but um, I'm glad I did it justice. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, uh, but I think it's also like there's a difference between 
one or the other is that if you are comfortable with it, like it's actually just like being comfortable, like I am going to go slower because I am watering five different crops at a time, as opposed to like focusing on one crop. Like, so it's right. kind of like, it's, I I think you're, I think it's absolutely right. And I think too often people are like, they see the grass is greener on the other side, but really it's like, no, the person with that grass just has come with the, I'm only going to have one crop and I'm going to go real fast. Whereas you eventually will have five crops, but you're going to, it's going to feel like you're behind until, you know, you catch up at some point. Oh, you just summarized that perfectly. And like, it was not comfortable for me to do that at all. Like I, I've really battled with myself internally on feeling behind. Like that's probably one of my biggest negative internal narratives is like, I'm behind, I'm behind, I'm not doing enough. I'm not going fast enough. Like, yeah. And you summarize the feeling of that and the image of that perfectly. It's, it's like, constantly comparing and in each lane too, like in academia, like so far behind because I'm, you know, folk, I still have like my business and singing. So like in each of the like genres of activity, it's, it's been comparing to other people who are much for it. So it's, it can get really brutal if you, if you aren't on top of like your own yeah. you know, mindset around that, you have to really like restructure it, but it's been super challenging. Yeah. I mean, like I've, um, I'll like, I haven't been in a classroom in a while, but, um, I will say like, I mean, I tried Brad and I tried to take Spanish class a couple of times. And to be honest, we were doing the homework on the car on the way there. So we were not <laughs> studying. Uh, so like, so since I actually was an intentional student, like actually applying things, um, you know, I, I'll say like, I was in a, um, um, group, a mastermind with like 40 people. And I remember like, uh, someone going up and she had been in the fitness industry much longer than me. And she like had scaled it to seven figures, her business. And I'm like, oh my God, like I'm so behind. And yet when it came down to my speaking about what I've been doing, and then we had to pick accountability partner. She's like, I want you to be my accountability partner. And I was like, you want me? Like yours, you're, you're like, you're where I want to be. <laughs> wow. You know, so it's so funny yeah. the stories we tell ourselves about being behind because mm -hmm. like even the person ahead of you might actually be looking back like looking back in air quotes and going, Oh my God, yeah, look yeah. where they are. Look what they've done. I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. Like we have no idea what's going on behind the scenes and what people are struggling with. And yeah, I've had countless people saying, say to me, like, I would love to go back to school. Like you're so lucky. You know what I mean? Like this. And you know, for a minute I would, did not feel lucky. I felt like I had to do it, you know, which is ridiculous, but that was my own limitation at that time. But like, yeah, it, for sure. I mean, it, the grass really is always greener for sure. Yeah. I, um, I used to think about that like many, many, many years ago. And I, um, I, I'm not saying that I'll never go back to school, but I'll be really honest. <laughs> it's I just don't see myself uh, taking on one one major. Any like I I'm just I don't think I could do it. So I'm in admiration, and also I do see like having a background in psychology it helps with people with people with so many jobs. Like even if you want to be a chef, want to own a restaurant, having the understanding the way people's minds think matters in building a restaurant and building a menu and all this. So like it really marketing. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean like you couldn't have picked a better degree if you're going to go back and do that intentionally. Um, but it is so funny how we, we tell ourselves these whoppers and we get a little stuck on like, oh, they're further ahead or, oh my God, it's so nice for them. Or, oh, I wish I, and we, we don't actually think about like, well, what if I did it? How could I do it? And it would be possible. Really? And like going back to what you said, it's like, well, it's possible. You just have, you'll just go slower. You'll just, instead of taking, going to school full-time, you'll go 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that it's humbling. Like, yes, your, your ego is going to take a hit for sure. Especially if you're a high achiever and you're, you know, you have all these goals and it's, it's like your ego is going to take a hit, but that's good for you too. Right. Like in the same way that like, you know, your muscles are going to be sore after you do leg day. Like that's, you know, that's a good sign. It, yeah. It's not, not to say that you can't walk the next day. I'm not suggesting like go out of your capacity, but yeah, like I think that, you know, deciding to do something at the expense of the optics that you've so delicately created for yourself is is actually a good thing. And we don't see it like that. Yeah. Um. And I and I don't see it like I barely see it like that, too. Right. It's like in this conversation, I'm able to say that. But like in practicality, it's it's such a resistance around, you know, doing something that I think is getting in the way of like my like best life and optimal dream and you yeah. Know, yeah all the things so what are you excited about right now like what are you being it till you see as we speak I am excited about re- I mean I'm definitely excited about graduating um I'm also excited about I have a, a song that I'm releasing in I think in May a new song and a book that I'll be releasing later this year so oh my goodness <laughs> that I worked really hard on. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Like, I, okay, a song and a book and I'm graduating. So uh, tell us about your book. Is it going to be published? People can go get it. What's what is it about? Yeah, for sure. It's I'm going to self publish it. This one. It's it's sort of I, I would describe it as like a, a pocket self help book. Um, it's uh, it you know it's it's going to be maybe a hundred and fifty to two hundred pages. We're still in edits right now, so things can change and more material can be added or taken away still. Um, but it's the material is basically the process of transformation with you and your dark side. So we all have a shadow self and the shadow self is this aspect that we've it's these aspects of ourselves that we've deemed unacceptable to ourselves and to society. So the things we're ashamed of, the things that are too um, painful or that we're too afraid of to look at, we kind of shove those into the shadows, like literally. And the problem is that they need to be, they actually need to be integrated. This is Jungian psychology. It's not my idea. You know, he, he understood that we needed to integrate these sort of shadow aspects that live in our unconsciousness or else they will sort of come out sideways and hold us back, prevent us from taking risks, you know, stopping us from being optimal, whether it be physical, mental, or emotional or financial or career wise. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I had stage fright for many, many years and on the process, in the process, which is crazy because I perform so often, but in the process of me, you know, managing that and and learning to overcome that, I really, really was connected with my shadow side and my dark side. And I saw how integral that was to, um, to become whole and to actually shine brighter. So the, the book itself is essentially like a, a, pr- a process. It takes you on a process. It's, there's a bit of psychoeducation in there and there's a bit of storytelling in there, but it's mostly process uh, the process of how you can face your, how one way, let's say to face your shadow side. And there's like six modules or six chapters that sort of go through that stuff, you know, so that you can live your most fulfilling life. And so that you're not held back by these, these unconscious, um, you know, nags that, are are unbeknownst to you holding you back in life or or even beknownst to you holding you back in life like yeah. here's how you can face that in yourself yeah so that's kind of the gist of it it's called fear to fears and um the tagline is essentially 
you know, embracing your dark side so that you can unlock your mental warrior. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited <laughs> for your book to come out. We'll make sure that we put it in the show notes, the links to it and everything when this comes out. Okay. Um, awesome. Wow. You're just like, just taking on the world and I love it. Um, you're doing your <laughs> just best. Just like you. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> um, I That's amazing. Okay. You guys want to take a brief break and then we're going to find out your beat action items and where people can find you, follow you, get your book when it's ready. Yay. All right, loves, it's super important to me that supplements I take are of the highest quality. And that's why for three years, I've been drinking AG1. Unlike many supplement brands, AG1 is constantly searching for how to do things better. At 52 iterations of their formula and counting, their team is always trying to find better ways to source, test, and aim to find the best quality ingredients available. I love this so much, guys, because so many people think I have to get it right the first time, and they have done 52 different iterations. I freaking love that. So many people have asked me if AG1 is actually the real deal. I really do drink it, and trust me, there's a reason why I've been drinking it for so long. Quality for AG1 isn't just a buzzword. It's a commitment backed by expert-led scientific research, high-quality ingredients, industry-leading manufacturing, and rigorous testing. At each step of the process, AG1 goes above and beyond industry standards. I know I can trust what's in every scoop of AG1 because it's tested for 950 contaminants and banned substances while the industry standard typically only tests for 10. Holy moly. I know that like I'm a recovering overachiever over here, but I'm super glad AG1 isn't. Okay, so taking care of my health shouldn't be complicated and AG1 simplifies this by replacing multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one simple scoop. It's literally just one scoop. It's one scoop in one bottle of water. It's amazing. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. Y'all know I've had gut stuff, so that's why I've been doing it for so long. I've partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash be it. That's drinkag1.com slash B-E-I-T. Check it out. All right, Janie. So where do you like to hang out if you have the time to be on social? Where is that? And where can people get your book when it's ready? Yeah. So JanieBrown.com is my website, J-A-N-E-Y, brown like the color. And all my social accounts are, you know, at the bottom, whatever at the bottom. And you can kind of branch out from their YouTube channel. Um, Most of my social channels are just Janie B World. And I think YouTube is Janie Brown. So pretty easy to remember. Um, that's the social stuff. The book, I mean, the book should be, even though I'm self-publishing it, it should be available on stores like Amazon. I am going to do an audio version as well. So that will be on Audible. Um, but yeah, the publishing, the publishing company I have, or the self-publishing company, I haven't decided yet, but it will disseminate the, the, the material across all online stores that you can then purchase the physical copy. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so that that's we're looking at kind of early fall, but Perfect. you know it it could change. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that will be what happened. Congratulations, we've self published as well, and um, that's awesome. And the, and the in the book world now, it's like you can go either way depending on like what you want to do and like what what it's for and like how fast you want to get out there. And like oftentimes, like having a publisher, it's like having an investor in your business. They're going to tell you what they want to see in that book. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, absolutely. I've yeah. heard that as well. And I'm not opposed to future, but this just didn't, it didn't make sense to do it like that for this. It's yeah. just a little treat that I'm offering. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
Okay, before I let you go, mm-hmm. bold, executable, intrinsic target steps people can take to be till they see it. What do you have for us? Okay, so my this is you know on the concept of building habits, right? I, I'm such a strong believer in healthy habits. Your habits make up your life in the same way that your cells make up your body. Um, my a catchphrase or let's say like a quote that I always say to myself and my clients is where where motivation lacks, discipline must live. We are not always going to be intrinsically motivated and magically inspired to do the things we have to do. And when that's not there, which it often isn't, we we just have to sort of push through the muck. And, and that's where discipline comes in. It's the discipline aspect of these healthy habits is this decision to like go when you don't feel like it and obviously use discernment. Like if you're injured, don't push through that. Like that's where we get back to the tender love stuff. But, you know, there's a lot to be said about, you know, the tough love aspect and having to sort of force yourself through, through the discomfort, not out of your capacity so that you're traumatizing yourself, but force yourself through the discomfort in order to create this discipline so that, eventually it just kind of becomes innate. It's this thing you don't even think about. It's like, yeah, yeah, of course I'm going to the gym, even though it's pouring rain in a blizzard and horizontal ice shards in Canada or whatever. Like, you know, no, I, I love this. I mean, it's, I get up, walk the dog every morning and trust me, like I got rid of a clock that has, there's no snooze button on my clock. Like I just, if you I love I have to get up and I go on the walk and like, sometimes I'm so, I'm so excited to go on the walk because the sky is beautiful. And the other days I'm like, oh, is it really raining? Do we think we should go out in that? And it's like, no, get out there. It's not actually raining and take an umbrella in case it starts. Like, yeah, totally. discipline is needed when the motivation is not there. I love that. Yeah, it's it's huge. And I love that. I love that you gave that example because it really like the weather really is a huge excuse that we all tend. To, and honestly, like the more you put yourself like sometimes I deliberately there was like negative 20 Celsius a little while ago in Canada. And I was like, I'm specifically going to make sure I stay out for an hour for 60 minutes, at least going for a walk so that nothing else is going to seem as bad. And there's less excuses than to follow this year. Right. I mean, there's still excuses here and there, but it's, it's like, if I can go out in that, I can, you know, and same, same thing. I feel people with cold plunge, they're doing cold plunges have a similar mentality. It's like, if you can do that, like you can go out in the rain in California or like in the summer or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I started my cold showers, um, after I talked to these brain doctors and I clearly was like, like my cognition was like, not great. Like on, it's on a recording y'all. And I was like, wow, I am. I mean, I knew that it wasn't great because I wasn't sleeping very well, but now it's like terrible. And I was, I said, I'm going to, like, we talked about cold showers and I was like, oh, I can do that. I think I'm just going to start to do that. And um, having discipline that, that's like a daily, there's, it never gets easier. That cold shower is not easier. I don't care. I've been doing it for a month now. And y'all, it's like, as soon as it starts hitting my back, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have a panic attack. But it makes everything else seem easier and I'm in a much better mood when it's over. So that's the- Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. That's an amazing habit. I'll tell you, like, I've certainly done cold plunges, but I haven't, I have not gotten into the daily cold shower a yet. A cold like, plunge is like way easier, I'm gonna tell you. Oh, I, like, I, so, I bet. I believe like, you. <laughs> I, I didn't think so. I was like, oh my God, it's emerging itself. No, I would on a, I would more easily jump into a cold plunge than yes. you standing in a shower. You have to like force yourself. 
Like you have to force yourself and you have to keep making the decision. It is not fun. But the discipline around like, well, actually it's like the motivation isn't there to get in the shower, but I know what's on the other side of it. And sometimes it's like doing that tough love stuff because on the other side is like exactly how you want to feel that day, exactly the strength Mm. you want to have. And so, um, so what a great way to sum up. Like I think so many people have a hard time with habits and like, it's so true. Like discipline is the thing you need when motivation lacks. And the reality is, it's like, um, BJ Fogg put it best, like in his book, Tiny Habits, he's like, motivation is that like friend who's like super awesome to go to a party with, but you would never ask them to pick you up at the airport. Like they're just not reliable. (laughs) Amazing. Oh, that's an amazing way to summarize that. I love that. Yeah. That's Uh, great. Janie, you're amazing. You're great. You're doing amazing things. I, this is your first book of many things you're going to put out to the world to like, you know, keep changing um, all of us for the better. Thank you so much for being here. Um, how are y'all going to use these tips in your life? Tag Janie Brown, tag the Be It Pod, share this with a friend, grab her book. Um, and until next time, be it till you see it. That's all I got for this episode of the Be It Till You See It podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review. And follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. Be It Till You See It is a production of the Bloom Podcast Network. It's written, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. It is produced and edited by the Epic team at Desenio. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music and our branding by designer and artist Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to Melissa Solomon for creating our visuals and Samena Velazquez for our transcriptions. Also to Angelina Herico for adding all the content to our website and finally to Meredith Crowell for keeping us all on point and on time. my coffee lovers I got something for you and I know most of you are coffee lovers because if you're listening to this you have lots of things you're doing and coffee is something that you are taking with you everywhere you go in fact I know the plaza instructors around here are taking coffee kombucha tea and water into every class that they take so this one is amazing because this is pure cafe bold they have two options for you they've got black coffee and then they've got a caramel coffee latte which is amazing and here's why it's amazing it's pre-brewed so it comes in this amazing little packet and you can actually just take the packet in to your office, your work on a plane like we've been doing. And then you pour hot water in and boom, you've got coffee. And this coffee actually has some amazing stuff. It's not just regular coffee. This coffee supports your immune system. It boosts cognitive function, increases stamina, it reduces stress, and it has cordyceps. And what are cordyceps, you ask? Oh, that's right. Brad's here. Nature's powerful secret energizer, a rare species of fungi cordyceps is renowned for its invigorating properties and centuries-old use in traditional medicine packed with essential nutrients this natural adaptogen boosts stamina and supports overall well-being and seriously it's actually super simple to make leslie and i have taken it camping yeah i'll use it in the afternoon we're taking it everywhere because i'm tired of conferences and different hotels having burnt coffee it's a thousand times better than the terrible coffee that you get on an airplane and the black coffee is like less than a dollar a packet so it's like it's really kind of amazing yeah and i'm i'm a big fan of the caramel myself he the does caramel like has a little bit of uh of milk in it so. it has some dairy so my dairy free peeps you you can't do the caramel but you can do the black right yeah the black coffee is vegan keto gluten-free non-gmo nut-free dairy-free fat-free and 
CGMP compliant. All right. So here's the deal. You need to go to beitpod.com slash coffee, B-E-I-T-P-O-D.com slash coffee. And when you do that, you are going to be able to get some amazing coffee that we're loving. You can buy it as a one-time purchase, or you can actually get it as a subscription. There's even family packs. So if you know that you've got a lot of coffee drinkers in your household, this is amazing. And it's honestly cheaper than all the coffees we've been making at home. So we are so excited. I hope you are. Go to beatpod.com slash coffee. And, you know, cheers to you and I. Every morning, we'll be drinking the same coffee together. Woo!